DF Voices, conversations over a cuppa with Dementia Forward, care and support for life. So my name's Fiona Andrews and DF Voices is my new podcast for Dementia Forward. So using these podcasts, I'm going to be speaking to a variety of people who are doing some really great work out there and introduce them to you. Over a cuppa, I'll be chatting to my Dementia Forward colleagues, professionals in the field of health and social care and really anyone who has an interest in supporting and improving the well-being of our family, friends and colleagues living with dementia. So it seems very fitting that on my first DF Voices, my first guest is Jill Quinn, who is the founder and the CEO of Dementia Forward. Welcome, Jill. Are you there? I'm here with my cuppa. And you've got your cup of tea because it's essential that we have our cup of Yorkshire tea on these podcasts. Especially yeah. when you look outside and you still see yeah. the snow on the ground. So do you still have snow where you are, Jill? Let you know where I am. You still have snow. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it was the accent. Maybe. We haven't spoken for so long. Yes, I have snow. So I'm, I'm near Pateley Bridge and we've got rather a lot of snow and more on the way. Oh, more on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I was just thinking the other day because it's 10 years ago since my kids bought a sledge and used it on the snow. And it's just yeah. ironic now that like 10 years later, they're just too old to use the sledge. So we've just missed that yeah. opportunity. Never too old, just maybe a bit bit too big. A bit more self-conscious, I think, of 13 and 18. Yeah. And the good thing about these podcasts is that they're not visual. So you don't have to wear any makeup. You don't have to have your hair done. And at some point yeah. in the future, I am going to start having to try and make an effort with the appearance but welcome Jill <laughs> um it's been a totally crazy year hasn't it yeah yeah Madness. I just want to ask you thought. first of all I know who would have thought but I want to ask you first of all because Dementia Forward for the people who haven't heard of us just it's a big question would just tell me <laughs> if you can um about Dementia Forward how it came about and what we do Okay, so you introduced me as the founder. I'm not the founder. I'm one of seven founders, um, seven people who were working for a national organisation and I was the manager and between us for a long list of reasons and that's a whole other story, we decided that um, we needed to start a local charity, um, mainly driven by the fact that there were too many people needing support and we weren't getting it. I didn't feel we were getting it right. It was a gamble. Um, some might have said a little bit crazy, but do you know what? Here we are nearly nine years later um, and it's a huge success and it's done everything that we wanted it to. Um, the only trouble with it is it never stops. It's just grown and grown and grown. Um, it's never, never boring. <laughs> um, so now we are able to provide uh, a real wraparound service for people affected by dementia from pre-diagnosis right through the condition um, and support anybody really who's affected. I call it a service, but I don't really think of it in those terms. Um, it's the fact that we are, we're local and we just get amongst people. And um, if it's anything to do with dementia, we're interested um, and we do a range of stuff to make that happen. So Dementia Forward is a North Yorkshire charity. Just tell us how important it is that local aspect, Jill. So for me, um, yeah, local, I, I just try and get it into every sentence, really. I'm so passionate about that aspect of it. 
you see, I suppose, how can you expect to design a service when you're sat in an office in London um, and know what people in North Yorkshire want? You know, they're not looking out the window at, um, well, I think I'm looking at about a foot of snow um, and a load of sheep um, for a kickoff. So, you know, farming communities, just North Yorkshire folk, really. You know, well, we're North it. Yorkshire folk supporting North Yorkshire folk. Um, and, and it's just that local thing has allowed us to have real proper, decent relationships with people. And then what happens, and this is amazing, is what you give, you get back. It's just supportive. It's just really reciprocal. And, and then it takes on a life of its own. And I can sleep at night because there's enough pennies in the bank to deliver the service. So it just it just finds its own way because it's local. And North Yorkshire is a bit of a um, specific county as well isn't it i mean you have your really diverse places in north yorkshire so just tell us about where we have um our our support advisors where are they based at well we broke it down um, and we still do into six different areas and and they are diverse like you said so if i start up we start over in craven and that's right up into Bentham and you know meeting Lancashire so that's the Craven area um we have the Harrogate and Ripon district as it used to be known um and that takes in your Borough Bridge in Aresborough, Harrogate, Ripon and then we've got the Hambleton area which stretches across Richmondshire, um Thurston, North Allerton, that area uh we've got the city of York well that's very different again um, and uh, we do joke about the fact that it's got a wall around it and that's what makes it different because what goes on inside there is very different to what goes on outside there. We've got the area of Scarborough, Scarborough and Whitby and, and Rydale um, and then what we call the Vale of York which is the strip down the middle and that goes into places like Selby. So yeah, God, it's huge and one of my favourite um, stats is that it's the same size as Belgium. It is. It's absolutely huge. And you're quite right, Jill, there, aren't you? That unless you actually live in the area of the people who you're supporting, how really do you know what, what they actually need out of their community? Because that's what we do as well, don't we? We try to link people in with the community. Yeah. I, yeah, I sometimes wonder how on earth people manage on a, a national helpline, for instance. Mm. I mean, I know that they've got IT and they can Google and all the rest of it, but it's not quite the same as being able to say, yeah, well, I know about this care home that's just, you know, a couple of miles from me and I hear from Fred who lives down my street that somebody once said to me, it's about um, supporting people who you might bump into in the supermarket. Um, you've got something in common with them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you know the locality as well, don't you? You know where the um, services are, you know, the purple people who run the local church yeah. and the community cafes. And, and if we talk about community cafes, because they're the thing really that um, Dementia Forward, I think, is particularly good with. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about how the cafe idea um, came about and, and how it is now? Yeah. yeah. When I think back to the national organisation I work for, and I've worked for other national charities as well, where it did tend to be that you had one design and then you spread it across the whole country. Um, I felt we were getting it slightly wrong in those settings because it felt like we were providing services where we were doing to people or for people. 
and not with people. So I hope, um, and I'm sure I'm right in saying that the model we've designed, the Wellbeing Cafe, is not about that at all. It's their cafe. It's, it's, it belongs to the people who come. It's more like a club. Um, we call it a cafe because there is lovely food and drink to be had, um, but actually it's about um, peer support, uh, proper decent activities, friendships, um, and yeah, eventually once it's all warmed up and people have got used to it, and they're quite hard to set up because people don't come readily. Once they've got the hang of it, they realise, I mean, I often call it like a, a youth club for the over, well, we'll say the over 80s, but there's people a lot younger there as well. Um, once they've got the hang of it, they realise it's their club. And actually, we kind of take a step back. We just facilitate it. But yeah, they're great places. And there is the dry side going on. It's a place to turn. It's always weekly. Nice routine. There'll be somebody there who can answer your questions and give you some support. And I can vouch for how great the cafes are. Because in my role, I've been around plenty of them. And yeah, you're right. They're all different, even though there's the same kind of thing going on. Um, and that's because of where they are. You know, the, the cafe in Scarborough is, is bound to be different from the one in York to the one in Craven because of the geographical nature of where they are and the, and the people who you get together. But you're right, the theme of the cafes are always yeah. the same and they are they always feel very safe to me, Jill, the cafes. And I think safety yeah. is a big yeah. thing, isn't it, when you're living with dementia? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They feel we, we have an expression where we, we say we hope that people can leave their dementia at the door. And, and by that, what we what we mean is that they as soon as they go over that threshold, they are completely understood. Um, nothing's wrong. Nothing. Nothing you say or do will be wrong. Um, and that is something that we, we watch people struggling with, especially in the early to moderate stages of dementia. And it becomes a barrier if you if you're in an atmosphere where you think you're going to say or do something wrong, you either stop going or you clam up. Um, so, yeah, they are. They're a really secure, safe space to be in. And yet, you know what? They're, they're fun, aren't they? They're they really are great fun. I find I come away from them exhausted. And mainly it's because I've done nothing but laugh yeah. and talk. Yeah. yeah, you are right. And and my parents go to the one of the cafes and you're right. It, I never in a million years would have thought that my parents, the, the sort of people who they are, would have joined in with something like mm. um, a, a cafe uh, of people yeah. who all had some kind of memory issues or cognitive um, issues going on. Um, but my parents absolutely love it and they're missing it. And that was the next thing I was going to talk to you about because mm. the cafes haven't been on for a long time now because of COVID-19. Yeah. Um and that's difficult, isn't it? Isn't that difficult to fill that yeah. gap? Yeah, and I think it's difficult on so many levels. Um, certainly initially, and I still get a little bit of it now, I've taken a lot of flack from the team, actually, because they're so passionate. Um, I think they thought, because I can be a bit of a rule breaker, that um, this wouldn't touch us and we would carry on regardless. <laughs> but we can't, you know, this is serious. And they understand that, really. Um, but we were all heartbroken that we had to stop doing that and to think we're nearly a year on and we're still not doing it. And we've tried other ways of plugging the gaps. But the other thing that I think we're all feeling is we feel inadequate. We mm. can't. How can you? You can't, you know, with people, when you're supporting somebody who's got a cognitive yeah. um, problem, you want to be able to touch, you know, um, get eye contact, 
spend time just being beside people. Um, it's all missing for us. So we came up with a couple of things and we're doing them and they're not half-hearted. We've thrown ourselves into them, um, but they're not really um, hitting the spot. So one of those things is Zoom. And I get a bit frustrated that I think, I think there's a, a thought that actually you can plug every gap with Zoom. You can't. Yeah. It's really not not as good for people that we support. Um, and then the other thing which I think I thought was so clever was that came from our staff team that we put the cafe in a box and we take it to somebody's doorstep. Brilliant. So okay, they've got the activities, they know they're being thought of, they've got the tea bags and the nice biscuits. Um, but the bit that's missing is the people, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And I've delivered some of those boxes. And mm. yeah, there's a thirst for human contact when you actually deliver the box. People want to stand and chat because they're missing yeah. that social interaction. If anything that's come out of this, Jill, I mean, we've been banging on for years about um, health and social care and how it needs to be improved and how health and social care is the full relation of the NHS. And I think that, you know, after this, are you hopeful that that might change? I think it already has, hasn't it? I feel far more valued, not as, not as an individual, as an organisation, far more valued and far more equal now to people who I always call colleagues, I do it deliberately, um, within health and social care, because we've all had to muck in and do it together. And um, I think the need for us is greater than ever, not just our organisation, the whole voluntary sector. Mm. Um, so I think there's a recognition there. Look at the, the force that volunteers, have, you know, they've really made their presence felt and they're continuing to do so. The vaccination programme yeah. is gonna really rely on a lot of volunteering. Yeah. So I think that's a, a real plus. Um, and in doing that and getting closer to us, they'll understand us better and how we work. And we'll understand them more as well. Yeah. Um, we represent good, good quality value for money in the voluntary sector. But it's how you market that. Um, and I think that's really come to the fore during this time. Yeah, I think there will be some positive changes, but... Um, There'll be some sad times over the next year. It will. It will. I just, I just think if we can get something good out of the end of all of this, it won't all have been in vain. And the spotlight that's been put on uh, um, the voluntary sector and, and charities and, and people who work in health and social care has been brighter than it's ever been. And I think as well, you know, the fact that during lockdown, this is the group of people who actually come into their own has actually been highlighted as well. So whilst everybody's been looking over there to the to the right, we've been kind of doing all this work over there to the left and all of a sudden the camera's just swung around to the left, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, lots of factors contribute to that. I mean, look how easily we mobilised, you know? Mm. Um, I think, I bet there are a lot of people who probably don't realise how up to speed we all are. We already had a cloud-based system um, we've been able to work successfully from home, not happily, but successfully. Um, so, yeah, we managed to, to mobilise well. Um, yeah, voluntary sector has absolutely shone during these times. And I think this is not all about money either. There tends to be this thing around, you know, money could have been an issue um, because we can't fundraise, etc. Um, and I have to say, that I think that that's probably hit some of the nationals quite hard. But um, we're not all about money. We're very resourceful. Mm. Um, and for me, my driver, yes, I need money, but I want a place at the table. 
Mm -hmm. I want a place around the table to have a voice because we support over 4,000 families. So we've got really good stories and Mm -hmm. really good, you know, um, case studies to influence what needs to happen. Well, I've always said that Dementia Forward is a charity of depth. So we might be Mm. relative to some uh, quite a small charity, uh, but we have massive, great depth. We support our clients right from pre-diagnosis right through to end of life and then beyond because we support the person who is grieving the person, don't we? So we're unique like that, aren't we? We see a gap, we try and fill it. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And so we walk the whole dementia journey with the, with our with our clients. And yeah. you're right there, Jill, that needs to be highlighted. And, and one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is because we want to give people a voice. So Dear Voices yeah. is going to be the voice for not just people who are professionals, but we'd like to have people on here who are walking the dementia journey and would like to mm-hmm. tell how, how they found it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think you're right, the case studies that are out there need to be highlighted as well, because a lot of stuff that we do, how do you quantify what we do? It's very difficult unless you talk about it. And that's what we want to do here on this podcast. Yeah, totally. totally. So you said that we we support 4,000 people who are living with dementia. Um, Just tell us, Jill, how many people we've reached out to during lockdown. Whoa. (laughs) We haven't really got a 100% grasp on that, but I, funny enough, I was looking at the figures today, and I think the most, the most amazing figure was in the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. But everybody pushed themselves. I'd say too hard, and we were so scared that people wouldn't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so in fact, we reached nearly 2,000 people in that first month in April. Wow! Um, and then it, it calmed down from there. It had to. Um, so on average, we're making proactive welfare calls, so reaching back out to people um, between 700, 800, 900 people a month. They're amazing figures, aren't they, really? Yeah, yeah. And those calls are not just, you know, um, just popping in to see, just, just calling you to see what the weather's like. You yeah. Know? Those calls are often very in-depth, yeah. and they have become, I'm very aware, uh, particularly for our helpline staff, um, that they have become quite emotional, yeah. and so they need, you know, they need a lot of time, a lot of input. And I think they're emotional as well because we know our clients; they're people to us, aren't they? Yeah, we, we track them, so we're, we're with them for yeah. years yeah. on occasions. Yeah. Where we, we know them, and we become, we, well, yeah. we become friends, don't we? Really. Yeah, we're on that list of people most times when, when sadly somebody dies um, or when a big event happens like they go into care. We're often on that list, you know, I can picture the people at home thinking, well, I need to ring the family. And then I think we come just a little bit below that yeah. usually. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. If people wanted to contact us now, Jill, uh, what is the best way for them to do it? People who need our support, um, well, actually anybody, um, through our helpline. Um, George, give the number out now. Yes, You're please. going to write it on afterwards. Right, okay. So our number is yeah. 033-00-578-592. That's our number. Thank you. That's our number. We've got website. We've got Facebook. You know, you can email through the website. You can message us through Facebook. We're very responsive. I'm proud of that. 
Mm. And what if, what if somebody was was a little bit anxious about ringing? What if they sort of didn't quite know what they were letting themselves in for? Well, they take the lead. They always take the lead. Um, have to say, sometimes we do try and get a little bit persuasive because sometimes we can clearly see how we can help. And we'll just say that out loud. We're, we're honest. Um, but you might want to ring the helpline more than once and just have a cosy chat about things and warm it up until you you feel the moment's right so it's confidential no commitment but once you do decide yeah i would like to make a referral in we don't let go we, we're there for you then you've got your named worker and a place to turn so yeah it is good well i can vouch because i work for dementia forward and i wouldn't i wouldn't give up this job for anything in fact you're just oh. never getting rid of me jill so. i love that i love that <laughs> you love that I, I think just, somebody should do a podcast on you actually I will do that I'll do a podcast on you because be I'd like people to know how you joined Dementia Forward we'll save mm, that one we'll keep we that will. as a, a cliffhanger because yeah. that story in itself and I will just say about the team the team are amazing mm. the volunteers spectacular um, almost 200 volunteers but everybody who joins us you know they seem to be here for the right reasons um, and the one claim to fame that I have and I often say this is that um I'm I'm the most special person because I chose all of you yeah <laughs> I recruited <laughs> all of you so I take the credit for the fact that we've got an amazing team I'm going to wear that feather yeah. yeah we need to get you that big badge yeah and the permanent yeah. high five we need to create our own emoji for Jill Quinn mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is all about, it is team, really is team. It absolutely is team. Um, I can absolutely vouch for that. And we'll be introducing some of the team on yeah. this podcast over the next yeah. Uh, yeah. weeks, years, yeah. however long, however long we, we do it for. I yeah. just really want to say, Jill, thank you so much. One, for starting up this charity, because it's um, it's an absolute lifeline to so many people and it's a great charity. I need people to know just how great this charity is and how great the people who work for this charity are. And that's why we're going to put some of them out there onto this podcast and let them speak for themselves yeah. and drag out of them because some of them don't actually really like to talk about how great they are, but I'm going to make them talk. No. So that's going to be They do, they hide their life. They yeah. do, they do, they do that really well. Um, and so I just want to thank you for everything that you've been doing um, in setting up Dementia Forward, brilliant charity, for everything that you've done um, since Dementia Forward started. And then again, thank you for everything that you've done during lockdown to keep um, everybody connected, the, the members of staff and the clients and, and everybody who needs to be involved in the world of charity and the world of dementia as well, because you have an added layer of anxiety when there is dementia added onto something like lockdown. And we've really mm. sort of dug deep to yeah. try and, and, and ease that in a lot of people. I know that mm. because I've spoken to uh, mm. some of our support advisors and I've read some of the files. So I know the brilliant work that's been going on yeah. over the last mm. year. Yeah. So thank you, Thank Jill. you, Fiona. It's been, well, it's been a absolutely great talking to you. And we will do this conversation again um, yes. when we have spoken to other people. And, yeah. um, and things have moved forward because yeah, we are moving happy forward. times maybe Definitely. yeah and, and yeah. we're moving forward in dementia forward as well there's the, the, there's good things going we want to grow out of this would you agree 
Uh, there's new things coming. There's new things coming. Even as we speak, we're planning new stuff, even amidst the COVID. So, um, <laughs> Can you talk about it. that or do you want to wait for the next time? Well, we, we'll, we'll come back on it. But um, for now, just suffice to say, we're picking up where other people have had to um, sadly dip out. And uh, it means we're going to be growing our day services. So that's very exciting. Yeah. Coming to you soon. Excellent. In a place near you, locally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Locally, because that's yeah. what we do. We do the yeah. local stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I would just like to end this podcast by thanking Jill Quinn, one of the founders, but most definitely the CEO of Dementia Forward and the big boss sometimes she will call herself she needs to go off and do some boss things um and we all have to <laughs> have to let her go and do that because we know how great she is so anybody um wanting to know more about this podcast or want to listen to any further podcasts follow us on facebook twitter and instagram to find out who i will be speaking to next on dear voices the official podcast for dementia forward so see you next time if you need our support, please call the Dementia Forward helpline on 033 578 592. Care and support for life.